0: As entrepreneurs, we want to really get out there and make a difference. The only way we make a difference is a sale. Nothing is created without a sale. And as we scale up our businesses, not only do we have to know how to sell, but we have to have our team know how to sell. And I've got an unbelievably talented individual who's been doing this For a long time, he's great. He's an international renowned sales expert. He works with both individuals as well as teams. He's a trainer, speaker, coach, author. He's done it all in this. But the main thing I invited him for is we're all about getting results. He's about helping sales teams get measurable and sustainable sales growth year after year. I'm John Bowen. You're at AESNation.com. We're all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned. You're going to be glad you did. Ordinary success? No
1: way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com.
0: Jeff Goldberg, I am so excited to have you joining us today. Thank you,
1: John. I'm thrilled to be here with you. From long Island. Uh, New I'm York. from
0: originally upstate New York, but I'm out in Silicon Valley, so you're a little ahead of me, at least three hours ahead of me on everything here. So uh, I want to dive in. I mean, you're this is one of my favorite subjects is sales. I can't imagine any entrepreneur who doesn't love sales having the right sales. And we got some. You've got some great framing on helping. Not only the entrepreneur, but his team or her team really accelerate their success. And uh, I want to dive into that. But before we do, I want to get a little bit of the backstory, Jeff. How how did you, I mean, did you wake up at five, uh, at age of five and say, I am going to dominate sales and I'm going to help people really make a difference?
1: (laughs) Yeah, doesn't everybody do that who goes into sales? No, like almost everybody, I fell into sales by accident. Uh, my Both my grandfathers, my father, and my stepfather were career salespeople, per- and I swore I would never, ever go into sales. Fast forward several years, and I'm in college, and I'm kind of eking my way through, not really knowing what I wanted to do, and I took a part-time job at a f- local furniture store in customer service, and one day, the owner said, one of the salespeople didn't show up, Jeff, go sell those people. I, of course, said, I, I don't know how to sell. What are you talking about? And he said, here's what you do follow them around with a pad and pen, smile a lot, be friendly, write down what they want, come back, I'll give you a price, that's selling. And 40 years later, I'm still a salesperson.
0: It is so amazing that uh, for some reason, so many of us have in our initial framing, you know, it's a uh, negative perception of sales. And, uh, you know, I said in the introduction, to me, nothing happens without sales. I mean, this is the only thing if we're, to have somebody improve their life, to improve their business, there has to be a sales made. And with all the noise in the marketplace, having an effective marketing and sales group is just so critical, not only for your business, but also for you to get the information and insights that you need. So, I mean, I I really appreciate, you you know, you're leading this charge. Let's, you know, how does an entrepreneur, I mean, we've got successful entrepreneurs. Uh, many of the entrepreneurs that are here, you know, they're really already established. They've got five million of revenue or more. Uh, they're charging ahead. They're having some uh, success, but you know, they're, they're not having the sales that they want. You know, h- how do they go about, you know, getting that measurable and sustainable and building that team that really comes together?
1: Sure. Um- I find there are two sides. There's the mindset side, and then the strategies and tactics side. When I work with, whether it's a small company or a large, and I've worked with some very major organizations that everybody would recognize, like Aramark or Siemens or Citibank or Cisco, and small companies no no one's ever heard of, it's almost always the same situation. The first thing is they don't have the right mindset, and the mindset starts with establishing goals. There's been about a zillion books written about how to set goals, but very few about how to achieve them. So when I first work with the team, what I like to do is I like to teach them, how do you set goals, and then how do you go about achieving them? And as I, as I think you know, I've written a book about doing that. You know, there are certain steps, it's not rocket science, but there is an art and a science to goal setting, to selling, to sales management, all that. So I like to start with the goal setting side first, because without a goal, it's kind of like, I live in New York, I could drive to California, I know that I have to get on Route 80 and I'm going to go west, and eventually I'm going to hit the other ocean. But if I use my GPS or I have a map, I'm going to get there much quicker. And your goals are a map to get you where you want to go. In the famous book Psycho-Cybernetics, Dr. Maxwell Maltz talks about we all have a success mechanism built into our brain. Well when you set a goal, it gives your success mechanism that you already have built into you, it gives something to focus on. So I like to start there. Most people don't have clearly defined written down goals.
0: And and if you don't have that, I mean, one of the things, if you don't know where you're going, you know, I'll take your analogy of getting out here to the uh, California, you know, driving west, young man. Well, if you don't know where you're going, you get in the car, you know, you can drive for the same length of time. You have no idea where you're going to end up. And once you get clarity. It's just, it's so powerful. And I've seen that with so many organizations that I've been a part of and my own organization, the clarity of goals, particularly as you grow larger because you need a filter and, uh, you know, it's easy to work on all kinds of things, but if you're not clear on where you're working on, boy, you can waste so much time and energy.
1: Yeah, and goal setting, is, it's, it's fundamental. Almost everybody in sales has heard it a zillion times. You've got to have a clearly defined, written-down goal. But in my experience, people just don't do it. It's kind of like the, the analogy we just used of driving to California. Well, you could start driving and end up in Dallas. It's a nice place to go, but not if you're trying to get to San Francisco. And I
0: found it very. I have the privilege of coaching some of the top financial advisors in the world and working also in another business with successful entrepreneurs. And i, I got to tell you, I, I this to me is really job one, if you will, is once you know, we've got to have clarity and we can talk vision, purpose, mission and so on, but you've got to quantify it to, to what it is. And then what it does is it's pretty easy to enroll the rest of the organization around it. And then they get in their own enlightened self-interest helping you figure out how to make it happen. So let's say we've got our goal, Jeff. Now, what would be the next step?
1: Well, the next step, and this is probably the number two challenge I find in any sales organization and with salespeople, uh, it's that they just don't prospect enough. Uh I do this all over the world. My clients typically have the title CEO, president, or the global god or goddess of sales at a large organization. And as an outside consultant, I get asked lots and lots of questions about what to do about sales, what to do about sales management. And while I often exaggerate a story or a point to make an effect, there's no exaggeration here. From CEOs and presidents and global gods and goddesses of sales, 50% of the time, no kidding, half the time, the questions they ask me, the answer is, tell your salespeople to get more appointments. They've got to do whatever they need to do, and there's lots of different ways to prospect these days, but they've got to go see a lot of people. In fact, it solves at least 50% of sales problems. Not closing enough business, you're probably not seeing enough people because you could literally, and this is a technical training sales training term I u- like to use, you could literally suck at selling. And by seeing enough people, occasionally you're going to be in the right place at the right time and somebody's going to buy now. That's not a great recipe for huge success, but it's a start. So you've got to have a system and a methodology for prospecting effectively and consistently.
0: I think this is so important. I mean, you know, this is really where marketing and the sales have to get together, ideally, because what, what in today's world, you know, I think of it as marketing automation, the technology that's available to really go out. I mean, while, while we're talking, we're actually running. A, I'm delivering a webinar, and it's a, it's all pre-recorded, and you know, we'll have about 500 people uh, on it. Uh, you know, they'll be engaged. The average duration is about 54 minutes. And of those, about 4% will raise their hand to explore working with us. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, my salespeople uh, love when these marketing, and we do those every week. And, you know, so that, that works. But then what I find too, Jeff, is, you know, we get all the marketing systems in place. and. Every salesperson I've ever worked with wants one thing, and one thing more than else you know, is leads. And they, they kind of forget that combination of, yeah, marketing should generate some leads, but boy, nothing happens without conversations. And you've got to have conversations with the leads as well as your past leads, as well as you, know, you can do outreach campaigns, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, here's my advice to any organization and any salesperson in particular, Um, If your company does effective marketing, which by the way most companies don't, but let's say you're working in an effective company that has a good marketing campaign and they, they do bring you in some leads, I would consider those leads gravy. They're the icing on the cake. Me, personally, I've got three young children. I got married late late in life, so I've got three young kids, and I need to take care of them. No matter whether marketing brings in leads or not, I've got to go out and see enough people. So you better learn how to prospect. And it doesn't just mean cold calling, which is dreaded by most people. Uh, it's That's one highly effective way to prospect, but there's lots of ways. In fact, my mentor in the speaking and training business knows that he often says to me, Jeff, you're one of the top five people in the country, maybe the world, to teach people how to cold call on the phone. But... I hate doing it myself. So, A, I pay somebody else to do it for me, but B, I found other things that I enjoy doing that bring me leads, for example, uh, you like doing webinars, I love speaking. There's nothing I like mm-hmm. better than speaking in front of a bunch of people who are gonna listen to me, and the National Speakers Association says, out of every audience you speak in front of, one out of 10 people sitting there should be interested in what you've got, and that's my experience.
0: You know, it's it's all about relationships. I. I I used to do an awful lot of public speaking for the various businesses I had because, you know, what I really like, Jeff, is getting paid to speak and then you're really prospecting at the same time. That was phenomenal. And it was because that one in 10 or whatever number it was for your, you know, the niche that you have, uh, what happens is, you know, people raise their hand, they want to explore working with you. And, you know, to, to be successful in business today, every one of us as an entrepreneur has to deliver a great client experience. So we're, we're taking, you're selling something of value here. And then the second you can get more people to raise your hand. Well, one of the most effective is public speaking, you know, but I got to tell you, webinars are effective as well. They're, they're going to be less effective as a percentage, but you're going to get more people. And the, the nice thing I like is, don't have to hop on planes but it's 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 you know where can you put yourself to start that conversation and and having that you know systematically jeff is just so so powerful and because i mean i i love you know we we want to serve the right people we want to deliver a great experience for the right people and you know sometimes in sales if geez if you don't you know you got one person coming in You're going to you're going to be whether they're quite qualified or not, you're going to work with them. But if you have a steady stream for all fellow entrepreneurs, you got a steady stream coming in. You know, you're going to build a great client base of the right people.
1: You just said magic words. What you're looking for is the ideal client, not just any client. I find too many organizations will take anybody's business, not me. I'm looking for the client where I believe I can add value and they see the value. I'm looking for people that are gonna be fun to work with. Maybe it's a function of my age and my level of success at this point, but if you're not gonna be enjoyable to work with, I'm not working with you. Here's another one. If you wanna pay me a penny less than what what my fee is, I'm not for you. I'll refer you to somebody else. But you you wanna create campaigns, and I really believe in a blended approach to prospecting. You should be doing lots of different things, not just one, that are going to get exactly what you said, people that raise their hand and say, hey, John, I wanna find out about working with you.
0: It's such a powerful process. So, you know, we've got clarity around our goals. So all our fellow entrepreneurs are, okay, they know, you know, what our goals are for the year. I like to break it out quarter, or even month. And, you know, some might break it out differently. And then we've got clear on our prospect. Who is the ideal prospective client for us? Who can we serve? And we're going to have methodology so that we're going to bring them through consistent, consistently. Now, where do we go from here?
1: Well, as an entrepreneur with an organization of people, the next thing you have to be able to do is lead, teach, and inspire. So when I say lead, everybody, almost everybody, other than the entrepreneur themselves, they want to be led. We want somebody who's going to say, here's where we're going, here's how I think we can get there, and they lay out this vision. Uh, like, here's an example. I don't, I don't want to get political, but I think when uh, our president was first elected, most, most of the country was very excited because he seemed like he had a vision and he seemed like a real leader. Now, whether you think it, he turned out to be that or not is besides the point. But I think we're all at this point hoping that the next president, whoever she may be, is going to be a real leader. Thank you for getting that. Judgment. So yeah. we all want a leader. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur and running an organization, somebody's got to be at the helm. There's got to be a captain and you've got to be able to lead. When I say you've got to be able to teach, you've got to be able to teach your people how to sell or find somebody who can do it, because you said it before, nothing happens until some, something gets sold. Uh, you know, I, I, used to, I, I grew up uh, learning uh, the phrase, build a better mousetrap, and the world will beat a path to your door. Well, it sounds great, but that's not my experience. Build a better mousetrap, market it effectively, and learn how to sell it, and that's how you're going to make a bunch of money. And of course, the last one is, you've got to inspire people. Most people, in my, uh, in my experience, are not inspired. So if you can get up them, show them how to make a bunch of money, show them the methodology, and it's all about the fundamentals, and then ins- inspire them on a daily basis, that's how you create a high-functioning organization that's gonna follow you wherever you go, take whatever mission you've got, and follow you. you, know, I, you.
0: I think that's so powerful, Jeff. I mean, I, I, I take it very much to heart, and I've had that experience in all my businesses that you know so many of us as entrepreneurs really didn't sign up to lead the organizations We're we're good technicians in whatever business whether it's professional services whether it's building widgets whatever you're doing and as you became more successful you needed more people to help but all of a sudden you find yourself with a large organization and it's really easy to not accept that leadership role and if, and if you don't want to that's okay but you got to have somebody that's going to lead the group and yeah. I'm going to change the order just a little bit because I think it's lead and inspire you know is the responsibility of the the senior entrepreneurs in the business and 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 inspire people to take action and it's really as you were saying Jeff the that whole you know whatever the service you're delivering whatever the product you're delivering you've got to get the you know your whole company not just a sales team excited about the value you're bringing to the marketplace because capitalism works i mean you get to do well by doing well by others. And that's where the sustainability comes in. So I'm looking for you. you know, we've got to inspire. We've got to be excited. We've got to be a you know, user of our product or solution. We've got to you know, have built a business around that. And then, and then here's where the real challenge comes in is we have to you know, get everyone involved. And You call it teach. And, and I got to tell you, most of us, and for most of my career, I was not a good teacher. And this is where I think, you know, Jeff, you and others like you, where, you know, really, this is a great to outsource it. Because there's always going to be people in the team that have some doubts. And when the CEO is leading the charge, it's not always expressed. I mean, depending on the size of the organization, the dynamic, the culture, or the, the whole thing. And I think, and, and also, this is a one-off. You know, and, and oftentimes this is something you could outsource. Not only it, it's just much more cost effective, not that it's low cost, but it's high value, that cost value benefit. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what you do, but how are you seeing that play out?
1: Well, it, it, that, that's a perfect point. It happened just this morning. I was on the phone with a prospect uh, for the very first time, and it, it, it turned out the guy was in the world of advertising where I just happened to have done a lot of training. And we're talking, and the guy's smart. He gets it. He, he knows his stuff. He's been leading his team well. He's gotten them to a certain point. And he's having some issues, which I've seen more than once, But in speaking with him and sharing with him what I do and what I bring to the table, what my philosophies are, we were pretty much on the same page. But I didn't even have to say it. He said, you know, Jeff, the value in working with somebody like you is that my people, Listen to me every single day, month after month, year after year. And after a while, it goes in one ear and out the other. And I see value in bringing in somebody like you from the outside who, A, is going to reinforce what I'm already teaching them. But B, the people look at me differently than they look at the owner or the boss, the entrepreneur who's running the company. I'm the outside expert. Do I know anything more than him? Maybe, maybe not, but it's going to be delivered in a different way. And I find that it's very effective. And something you said before rang true for me. Um, And thank goodness, most salespeople don't know how to sell and most sales managers don't know how to manage, which is why either you as the entrepreneur, the leader of the organization, you either have to do it yourself, hire somebody internally who's going to do it on a regular basis, or bring in somebody like me from the outside. Because again, if you can't sell,
0: you're doomed. And what a missed opportunity. I mean... You know, so many businesses uh, reach that ceiling of complexity, you know, kind of a inflection point, usually around $5 million. I mean, the entrepreneur can really charge like crazy. Let's say you're good at sales. You've got a great solution. You can work really hard, and you can build the business up to that point you know, without having a great internal sales team. But if you're going to scale up, and that's what you know, we're here about is accelerating entrepreneurial success is what we're, we're looking at is how can we scale that up? Well, one of the best ways is not to have you do everything. And one of the best leverage point is your salespeople. I mean, having rainmakers who are creating business who are out there you know, singing you know, your song to the right people is extremely powerful. And, and but they you want to have them well trained and this is an ongoing process over and over again. So you know we, we've got we've got this now Jeff you know we've, we've gone ahead, we've got the goal setting we're getting really clear on this. We've got you know the clarity on our ideal client and we've got now a consistent prospecting going on. We now know once they raise their hand, you, know, how we're going to have that conversation and, and really move them through you know, qualifying them. And then if it, we can add value, boy, you know, we can get them excited about starting with us. Okay, we've got all that. Okay, what else do we need? That sounds pretty good to me.
1: It, it sounds like we're almost there and we are almost there, but now it becomes a matter of now we've done all that stuff now we've got to deliver service we've got a service either the product or service that we're selling to our client our customer and I find that quite often this is where people fall down they've got all that other stuff going on whether it's by accident or on purpose but now it comes time where they have signed the contract they've paid you or they're about to pay you and now in in, in often in entrepreneur's minds and certainly in salespeople's minds it's like oh, Now I actually have to deliver something, that's a drag, except that's where the real opportunity lies. One of the things that I always say is, I'm not looking for happy customers. And I always like to pause when I say that because I want that to sink in because it's not like I'm looking for unhappy customers. What I'm looking for is ecstatic customers. And there are several reasons. The most important one is, Ecstatic customers become customers for life. I'm not looking to work with somebody one day or one week. I'm looking for a customer that I'm going to work with month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year. It makes my life easier because I have to do less prospecting and I'm able to get them a much better result. So I want you thrilled so that we work together long term. The other reason I want you thrilled is because it makes my prospecting like be easier. Because ecstatic clients become raving lunatic fans and they become evangelists for you. So instead of you having to pick up the phone and dial all the time or be tweeting all day long or on LinkedIn searching for new people to connect with, your customers will actually send new business your way. Whether you have to ask for it or not is another story. But when you deliver outstanding service and outstanding product, and I don't mean just okay, I'm talking about under-promising and over-delivering, that's when your life is really good. You've done all that other stuff, and now you've really given people more than they expect.
0: No, I I, mean, I love this, Jeff. You know, I, I look at it, I mean... Yeah, i'm a financial guy so i always look at the lifetime value of a client and i have been in the room where salespeople are getting high five it's done and oh it's done because we closed the deal and you know if you're looking at lifetime values as you said this is just so valuable making sure the experience is right there's a good handoff between you know however you deliver the experience the other part and you're talking about it as a you know marketing apostle a raving fan what Always, I want to remind my entrepreneurs or coaching clients is the referability. That really many, you know, it's different for every business. Our goal is at least half our business comes through referrals, and you got to be referable. You can have the great script, you know, to ask for referrals, uh, to offer, you know, we call it second opinions in the financial uh, advisory side. But if you haven't delivered a great experience, that they're ecstatic, they're wow, that's distinctive from the other, whatever your competitors are, they're not gonna do it.
1: Yeah, first, you're absolutely right. You've gotta deliver the great experience, whether it's a product or service, but you also wanna make it easy for people to refer you. and. You said it. the first thing is you've got to be referable, which means you do what you say you're going to do. You deliver more. You're on time, all those things. But you also want to make sure that you're easy to refer. And, A, that means you have to ask. Sometimes you can create a relationship where people just come and say, hey, Jeff, I'd like you to call John. He's waiting for your call. But most of the time, just like in closing a deal, you have to ask for the business. Well, you have to ask for the referral. The other thing I like to do, because I'm a big networker, is I like to make it easy for people to refer me. And what that means is if you say to me, hey, Jeff, I'd like you to talk to Joe Schmo, I'm going to say, hey, John, could I make your life easy? How about if I write an email for you to uh, to, to Joe, I'll send it to you. You can change it in any way you like, and then you can just cut and paste it into a new email. You send it on. That way you don't have to do the work. Now, I've done two things here. One is I've taken the work away from you. But in my opinion, more importantly, your referral is going to see the words that I want him or her to hear, not what you're going to say. And I could give you example after example of people who wanted to refer me well, but just aren't good at doing it. So you want to make it easy for people to refer you.
0: Yeah, I see a combination. I see that as really one of the biggest. And earlier I see uh, so many people kind of take the attitude, at least in the industries I've been involved in, that I'm doing such good work that my uh, clients are going to recognize how great a work I am. And they're going to want to uh, provide me with referrals. And because I'm getting paid well and all that, I'm not going to ask. And it, it's so funny because we, we do research on this in the financial services side. And, and when we survey you know, affluent individuals, uh, 74% of them would be more than happy to refer Their clients uh, refer their friends, business associates to their primary financial advisor, but they don't. Why? I mean, you hit on it, Jeff, they don't get asked. Because they weren't asked yeah they, nope. nobody
1: said yeah. who do you know that i should be speaking with who do you yeah. know that might find some value in meeting with me look my, my biggest client for eight years in a row was a company called optimum light path they're a division of cable vision the major cable company out here and after three months of working with them i'm sitting in the senior vice president of sales office and i said hey phil as you know i build my business through direct referrals from people just like you who do you know that i should be speaking with and phil looked at me he goes I've heard you train my people to do it. I've been waiting for you to ask. And on the spot, he gave me two phenomenal referrals, but he was waiting for me to ask. Help people to help you.
0: Make it easy, make it easy. Okay, let's go, uh, I wanna do a different segment here. And this is the, the book. And uh, I'm not gonna let you off easy, Jeff. You've written a couple books, but I wanna go to uh, your most recent one I'm putting up on the screen. Uh, for those of you watching video, you see it, Leverage Your Laziness, How to Do What You Love All the Time. For those of you uh, who are uh, listening to this, you know, just go to AESNation.com and you'll get all the show links, the transcription, uh, everything you need to follow up. But Jeff, tell us a little bit about this book.
1: Yeah, great. So uh, the subtitle, How to Do What You Love All the Time, was actually in the first printing, and uh, we've been speaking to the publisher. It's going to be changed for the second printing. It's The Entrepreneur's Guide to Doing What You Love to Do All the Time, because we really wrote this for entrepreneurs. And Here's the essence of the book. The essence of the book is you're going to be far more successful and far happier if you focus your time, attention, and effort on doing the things that you enjoy doing and that you're good at and finding somebody else to do the things that you hate doing or stink at as entrepreneurs especially in small businesses we tend to do everything now me i don't like to do bookkeeping but for a long long time i was doing the bookkeeping because ah, why do i want to pay somebody else to do it except by making that small investment i free up my time and my head which hates to do it and at what I charge per hour, I was actually losing money by doing bookkeeping. So we don't, we don't take into account the cost of doing all the little things we do. We also want to find somebody that complements us. We, we break it into either 16 or 18 different little snippets of chapters with 18 little, 16 or 18 little rules. I always forget which one it is. One of my favorites is you have to find ginger. So for those of us who are old enough, you remember Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. On his own, Fred Astaire was just this phenomenal dancer, and Ginger Rogers was too. But when they got together, they made magic. And the standing joke is, Ginger Rogers was actually the better dancer, because she did everything that Fred did backwards, wearing a girdle and in high heels. It's the same thing with my favorite band of all time, the Beatles. Paul McCartney on his own, terrific. John Lennon on his own, great. But together, as songwriters and partners, they made magic. You have to find somebody who compliments you, who doesn't do the things that you like to do, who does the things that you're not so good at and work with them.
0: Uh, there's so much opportunity there. And, you know, in today's world, particularly, I mean, we've got, I think it's 7.2 billion people in the world. There are a few gingers out there. Uh, <laughs> no matter what your strengths are, you know, you don't want to go through your whole career working on your weaknesses and end, you know, with strong weaknesses. What we want is, Whatever your, you know, uh, Dan Sullivan, one of uh, good friends, strategic coach, Dan talks about you know unique ability. We all have some unique ability. You wouldn't be where you are without that. And you know there's the $10 an hour jobs, there's a hundred dollar an hour job, there's a thousand dollars an hour, there's a hundred thousand dollars an hour. And for some of you, it might even be a million dollars an hour what you want to do is free yourself out from that lower tier and you know i I really think you know it's 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 you know we use the term you use the term in the book laziness it's not really laziness it's being extremely effective it's not even efficiency it's effective getting very clear on what you're good at and delegating those things that are important to other people who are better whether they're inside your company or in today's world with the internet, the ability to outsource things is just amazing.
1: Yeah, obviously we don't really mean you should be lazy if you're going to be successful, but as a couple of lazy guys, my co-author Steve Bookbinder and I, and we are lazy guys, we're always looking for the easiest way to accomplish what we're going to do. Uh, We we realized that by working together, we were, it, it wasn't just we doubled our productivity. We quadrupled it because Steve was good at certain things and I'm good at other things. And together, we're far more effective.
0: You know, really, it's that simple and elegant. I mean, that working together you know in the dance routine or in the book or in any business. And that's what we want to accomplish. Let's do another segment. And this is the application of the day. And, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, let's have a little fun. Jeff, um, on your smartphone, something you would want to share with entrepreneurs.
1: Well, I, I wish I had something that would make them more productive uh, uh, or, or, or more useful. But I got to tell you, there's an app that I happen to love. It's called Shazam. And I don't know that it's going to make you any more productive, but it's it's miraculous. If you're listening to a song on the radio or anywhere on the TV, you press this app, it listens for like 10 seconds. And it tells you exactly what song's playing, who the artist is. It usually has a link where you can buy it on iTunes. Personally, I think it's magic. I don't know what genius came up with it or what logarithm, uh, algorithm is in there doing it, but I find it phenomenal. It's just the coolest thing.
0: Now, you know, I, I have heard of it, but I never downloaded. So I will be downloading it today because I think that's one of the fun things. Yeah, we gotta have we gotta have some. You know, we're in business not for more business. We're in business to build a great quality of life, to support the quality of life that we want, first for ourselves in self-interest, but for all stakeholders, our clients, our teammates, our partners. And music's an important part, so we'll, we'll do that. Let me go to the next seg- segment, which is resources, and I'm pulling up your website here. Uh, the entrepreneur center why don't you uh, tell us what you're doing there jeff
1: yeah the entrepreneur center was built in melville it's an actual training facility right in melville new york which is the center of long island and we have two divisions there's what we call business owner training which my partner dano handles he's a business genius the guy's half my age but has this phenomenal background of amazing experience and he worked with very small businesses typically 10 employees or less to help them become more successful. Because as you know, people, entrepreneurs go into business typically because they're either good at something or they love something. But that doesn't mean they know how to run a business doing that. So for example, you may be a great coach, but it doesn't mean you know how to run a coaching business. You might be a great sales trainer, doesn't mean you know how to run a sales training business. So that's what Dano does. On my side, which is called the corporate division, we work with individuals and organizations of all sizes to do exactly what we said before. I walk in and I help them get measurable and sustainable sales improvement. There's a lot of ways we do that. Sometimes I'm their outsource sales manager, sometimes I'm just brought in as a trainer, sometimes as a consultant to do things like help them with hiring, compensation packages, and sometimes it's simply as a speaker to come in for a quarterly or an annual meeting to give them some information that's valuable and to kind of pump them up. I have a background in theater and stand-up comedy, so I'm particularly good at engaging an audience, grabbing them by the throat and keeping them engaged for whether it's an hour, a half day, or a whole day.
0: Let me bring up your other website. And this is at Jeff Goldberg and Associates. And tell us what's there as well.
1: Uh, that's the name of my personal company, that's JGSalesPro.com. It lists all the different types of training I do. It's got a resource page where you can go for my old newsletters, uh, some books that I recommend. Uh, actually, all my business these days goes through the Entrepreneur Center, but everything that you find on Jeff Goldberg & Associates is available
0: through the Entrepreneur Center. Let me go to the last segment here. And that's key takeaways. And I've taken a lot of notes. I started this and saying this is something I am passionate about. You know, as entrepreneurs, you know, we've got to have a good growing top line. I, I, to me, I believe we're going to have businesses growing at least 20% a year. And I don't want to grow over 40% because things break when you grow over 40% consistently. But below 20, it's hard to attract the right talent. Uh, it's hard to get people excited about what you're doing, including uh, prospective clients and clients. So as you're growing like that, well, we've got to have sales and, uh, you know, and that, that whole mindset that we need and the step-by-step on the strategies that you walked us through, I'm gonna just repeat, you know, because our goal is to achieve that growth, make sure it's measurable and sustainable. I want year after year building upon this as I, I'm pretty sure every entrepreneur wants. Number one, we have to take the time to do goal setting, to get really clear. Whatever our KPIs are, you know, the key performance indicators, we need to know exactly what they are in sales. Second, define the ideal prospective client. Who do you want to work with? You know, Jeff said, you know, somebody enjoyable. I mean, to me, that's so important. Somebody that you can really serve, that you enjoy working with, you want to be a hero too and then develop it so that that prospecting is consistent throughout your team. There, it's just, you know, having an embarrassment of riches of prospective clients is something that all of us want. Then not only for yourself, but for your team, learn how to sell, lead, teach, and inspire. It's so critical. Provide that leadership so they know where they're going. You know, we talk, Jim Collins talks about getting the right people in the bus. Well, you got to point the bus in the right direction. That's your job. You have to inspire them. And then if you're not the right one to train them, to teach them, make sure you get the right one, either inside the company or outside the company. And then never, never forget that it's not done when the sale is closed. You've got to deliver, you've got to over deliver that client experience that you promised so that you can maintain that person, retain them, not only as a client, but as a raving fan, a marketing of possible, that remember the lifetime and calculate this. This is something so important for all of us to know. What's the lifetime client value of each of those relationships? And the main thing I always think of is that referability. Are you delivering the experience that they're going to want to share with their best friends, their business associates, because it is such a great experience? And don't forget to ask. Jeff, you know what? I really appreciate this. It's so valuable for our fellow entrepreneurs. Thank you for joining us. And for all of you, I mean, you know, take these insights, go out and execute your current clients, your future clients. They're counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthrough. AESNation.com.